Next on BYU Sports Nation, expectations for BYU in the Big 12 and what exceeding them would look like in year one. Is going to a bowl game and being above 500 in men's hoops enough? We shall discuss. Welcome to BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Tuesday, March 21st. I am Spencer Linton, alongside Captain Countdown, Jerem Jordan. Apparently it's National Countdown Day because it's 3, 2, 1, right, uh, March 21st. So in honor of National Countdown Day, hit it! Countdown to the Big 12. 102. Okay, so Thursday we're a hundy out from July 1st. Official inclusion in the Big 12 Conference. Yeah. Do we really care that much about July 1st? <laughs> I think, yeah, it'll be cool. It's like, all right, we're in. But it, what it means is, you know, already been told, which is you won, you're in. Yes. Validation. It's sweet. Happening. We've been waiting for a million years. And then two is like, all right, give us the schedules. We have the football schedule. Yep. Love to get uh, publicly the soccer, women's soccer and women's volleyball schedules, and then we get men, women's basketball, and so on and so forth. Everything but men's volleyball, uh, whose league will remain the MPSF. By the way, USC and UCLA, they're going to go to the Big Ten. They'll still stay in the, mm. the MPSF as well, unless the Big Ten decides they want to add two affiliate members because they'll have four, but they'll be spread out in three different leagues. One thing's for Which sure, BYU Volleyball will be on BYU TV. We know that. Yeah, that's fantastic. That'll be the only thing uh, <laughs> in terms of games. But we'll still have all the studio shows and uh, features and, and Deep Blues and whatnot. So, yeah, we'll pre- and post-game plenty, shows, like coaches' busy. shows. Yeah, all of it. Yes. If not more, who knows what we're drumming up behind the scenes right now. Yes, and interesting that it is 3-2-1, March 21st of 23. So, 3 2 one 2 3 is that, Isn't that a palindrome? 3 2 one 2 3 the palindrome is the is the is the Chiasmus, word. That's like one of the most uh, Book of Mormon uh, references ever. That's it, is, great. it is in Mosiah. <laughs> yeah, that's it's awesome. Chiasmus, but the isn't the palindrome with a word where it starts with the same letter? Bro, I went to BYU to study journalism. <laughs> I okay, that's I, I don't know. Sure, yes, uh, yes, just say yes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Good Snow Patrol song. <laughs> on today's show, exceeding expectations. Are win totals above expectation in year one for football and men's hoops? Blaine Fowler weighs in on that. Spring football, who's sticking out? What position groups are Big 12 ready in his opinion? What men's hoops needs out of the transfer portal, perhaps? Plus, the top five March Madness runs in men and women's hoops history. But first, here are today's headlines. Beginning with Mel Kuyper's top 10 position rankings, They've been updated, and as far as the big three at BYU and the NFL draft are concerned, Blake Freeland has dropped to number 10 in the offensive tackle rankings. Jaron Hall at quarterback and Puka Nakua wide receiver, both outside of Kuyper's top 10 position rankings. What happened? Baseball hosts Utah Valley at 5 Eastern on the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. The Cougars lead the series 34-9. Of course, this uh, and softball, which uh, we'll talk about in a second, moved up to avoid weather later today. Speaking of softball, hosting Boise State today, 4 Eastern, live on the BYU TV app. I'll be on the call with Jason Shepard. It's a BYUSN edition of softball. The Cougars are 14-6 this season. They've won six straight. Boise State has won seven straight, 13 straight wins between these two teams. It's going to be just one um, of these teams continuing that yeah. later today, unless they somehow tie, which we don't think will happen. Gymnastics are in the LA Regional beginning next Wednesday afternoon against Boise State. The winner will then compete against UCLA, Missouri, and Stanford, all in the top 20 the next night. Individual all-around competitors from BYU include Sydney Benson, Kylie E. 
Quinto mm -hmm. on vault, and this Alvarado on bars, and Elise Rollins on beam. BYU men's volleyball remains number eight in the latest coaches poll. The AVCA apparently liked the grade eight for BYU. It's been six straight weeks. Cougars 12 and six this season on a bye week, or coming off a bye week, I should say. They host number seven Pepperdine Friday and Saturday at nine Eastern. Yeah, baby. BYU 8-0 at home. So I've just, been, home I've court. just been told that the palindrome is technically correct. Okay, you're, you're going to well, learn something here. Well, I, it, is, it is a Sphenic palindrome, specifically, <laughs> if you're wondering. A word, phrase, or sequence that reads the same backward as forward. Yeah, it's okay. a five-digit Sphenic palindrome. <laughs> I, I love Thank it. Thank you, so Google. <laughs> so much. Thank you. Yeah, remember the movie Frequency? I do. Remember this one, kid? Yahoo. Oh, yeah. Just missed on he that He made one. some big money. <laughs> What's true? In, in that multiverse timeline. All rise and shout. Let's get to what's trending. The main focus, elevating our play so we can be competitive in that league. That's one of the things that was so intriguing about coming to BYU is this transition into the, into the Big 12 is exciting. It is exciting, and it's an, ex an expectations extravaganza, if you will, today. What's Trending presented by Bodyguards, protection for a life worth living. Learn more at bodyguards.com. Jerem, when we discuss expectations, yeah, yeah they, they waver from time to time, but let's put on the blue goggles a little bit today, shall we? Can, can, can you do this with me? Blue goggle alert. All right. Blue goggle alert. Sit. How Blue many wins would it Blue take to exceed expectations for BYU in year one of the Big 12? And let's start on the football side specifically. American football is what we're talking about? Yes. Um, eight would be above. Because uh, I'm thinking BYU goes 2-1 and one in non-conference. That's easy enough. 3-0 would be great. And then like 4-5, and 5-4, five, five and four, right, would get you to six or seven wins. And then you win a bowl game and, uh, you know, maybe you get to seven or eight. So okay. eight would be above. Um, I we feel like BYU is more prepared than Utah was, right, to go into a Power 5, given the schedules that BYU played, obviously. Therefore, BYU needs to do better than Utah did uh, the first couple of seasons. BYU, uh, Utah went 8-5 and five in year one. So BYU needs to be better than 8-5 and five in year no, one? No, they went 5-7, five 5-7. And seven, five and seven. Okay. So first three years, yeah, can you, can you keep your head above 500? Um, can you go to bowl games? Can you build up? Can you have a year where you kind of stick out? They had one year, right, at 8-5. and five. We believe that, you know, and by the way, seven of the next nine after that, Utah had nine-plus wins. Seven, and one of those was the COVID year, so you almost throw it out. Like, seven of the next eight, essentially, full seasons. That's pretty impressive. I would love for BYU to have the success that Utah did in its first mm -hmm. 11 years in the Pac-12. Uh, go to the Rose Bowl. Twice. Like, that's great. Uh, maybe BYU can go to that game and, like, win that game. Just going to the game would be enough, let's be honest. So how will I quantify some of the success in that process, right? Because are, are we outcome-based or process-based here? Um, we're both, but because you have to win. But, okay, defensively, what, what are we looking at? Okay, last year, defensively, 96th in points per play, 96th in yards per play, it's 117th in takeaways, 124th in success rate. Those are the four things I'm looking at, okay, to tell me how BYU's doing. Those stunk, okay? It, so, obviously, be better at those. So what? I don't know. Top 70 in those would be great. Like that level improvement. Granted, you're playing a tougher schedule. Keep that in mind. Offensively, can BYU approximate what they did last year? BYU was really good. Look at these numbers in those same categories. 15th in yards per play. Mm -hmm. 
19th in points per play. Again, those take out tempo. Like, oh, 17th, well, because you played Air Force and Navy. Like, the game was shorter. Whatever. Tied for fifth in giveaways. Um, 17th in success rate. Pierce offense was really good. Like, really good. Don't look at points per game. That Look at points per play, yards per play, those kind of things. Those tell you what's up. BYU had a top 20 offense. They had multiple NFL players on that side of the ball. Hopefully, BYU can be a top 30 offense and a top 70 in some of this stuff defense. And I think uh, that would yield seven or eight wins, okay. if not more. And again, just because you pop up with eight and five in year one, remember Utah, take sure. note, five and seven the next two years. What we don't want is uh, just like a flash in the pan year one and then to go away. Uh, we'd like sustained success and at some point to be competing for conference championships. Will that take a decade like it took uh, Utah? We're hoping it takes three to three to seven years, you know, that you can get into that space a little more comfortably and sooner. But that's what uh, exceeding expectations would look like to me. The simple answer is eight plus wins. Yeah, it's always going to come down to the win-loss category when sure. we're determining ultimate success. And I've said for a while now, I expect BYU to win seven games and probably lose five. And I've been told a number of times, way too ambitious. Just get to a bowl game. And so I feel like a lot of BYU fans have the baseline expectation of just go 6-6 six and six and we'll call it good. But I feel like this team is better than 6-6. Six and six. Yeah, I know that they're playing a tougher schedule and they're playing 10 Power 5 teams for the first time ever. But BYU's schedule last year, taking out you know, the fact that they didn't play as many Power 5s as they did in 2021, they still have high-quality Group of 5 opponents that are comparable to some of the lower-tier teams in a Power 5 conference. I feel like BYU played a pretty comparable schedule last year to what they will face next year. It's a you, little bit harder. You just didn't have the lowly Pac-12 to beat up from, <laughs> t- from 21. <laughs> Pac-12 got way better in 22. Like, if BYU sure. had played those same teams in 22, there's, there's, maybe BYU goes 3-2. Right? Apparently, it was COVID's fault for all of that. Okay? Take what you will from that. But... Seven and five is my expectation. So exceeding expectations means BYU's going eight and four. And I feel like, okay, maybe that's too much. Maybe that's too much. So maybe it should just be, okay, they go seven and five and they win a bowl game and they're eight and five. If BYU goes eight and five and they manufacture the same exact record that they had last year with a tougher schedule as a power five team, then yeah, just in the win-loss category, by nature alone, that is exceeding expectations. So seven and five, win a, just get to eight, including the bowl game. That is exceeding expectations. Six and six, I'd be fine with. You go to a bowl game, great. You di- just don't miss out on a bowl game. I feel like this team has too much talent. Keaton Slovis is too talented a quarterback. He's got too many weapons on offense. There's enough returning on the offensive line. BYU should be able to find a way to win six games. I like the idea that 7-5 and five would also probably have to mean that BYU has a winning record in conference. They could go 3-0 in non-con and go 4-5 and five in Big 12 play and still finish 7-5, and five, but I'm inclined to believe that 7-5 and five would probably mean 2-1 and one in non-con and 5-4 and four in the Big 12. A winning record in the Big 12 in year one sounds really nice. I want to add to your takeaways number, and I like your numbers breakdown because BYU just did not create enough havoc. You talked about that with Kelly Papinga. BYU had 15 sacks last year, and I know that sacks are not like as important as we maybe pay attention to, 
But 15 sacks, Jerem, was 130th in the country last year. There was only one team that had fewer sacks than BYU, and it was pre-Deion Sanders Colorado, who had nine, and they were abysmal on defense. 15 sacks, 130th in the country. BYU can be better than that. And creating more havoc. Takeaways at 117. I'm with you. I am looking specifically at the defensive side of the ball. And if we're looking at Bill Connolly's SP Plus projections, I think he had BYU in the low 90s going in, if not high 80s. It's moved a little bit. BYU's got to be top 70 in that. Like, give me top 70 defensive efficiency SP Plus projection, and that starts, I believe, with takeaways and sacks. You just have to have more havoc rate. That would be exceeding expectations, thus leading to more wins. Let's go. If anyone can find havoc rate nationally in the ratings, let me know. I can't can find we, can it. Can we find create it? it? Well, I'm, How I, would we create that? You can manually do it. I don't want to manually do it. <laughs> Topic two. Same question for men's hoops. How many wins would it take to exceed expectations next year? Oh, man. I, I, six and 12 in the Big 12? Uh, 17 and 15 overall? Maybe, maybe that's too ambitious, but I... I believe that Mark Pope's going to be able to go and find some pieces this year, guys specifically that were denied a chance to play in a Power 5 conference that feel like they're awesome. Maybe they've gone to a smaller conference and excelled and been amazing. Can BYU afford them? An Antoine Davis type at Detroit Mercy. Like, Can BYU go and find that guy with the caveat that now you get to play in the best conference in America. BYU is still playing in the West Coast Conference last year. And the selling point for a one-and-done guy like Rudy Williams is, ah, yeah, we're going to the Big 12, but this is it in the West Coast Conference. Do you think Rudy would be excited about having the prospect coming back the and going 12. back to the Big 12, but as a senior? There's going to be a few more, I feel, big players, big personalities that are going to help BYU and come and can be an immediate leader. But to your, your point, can BYU afford that type of player? I feel like there will just be more options than BYU had last year. So, yes, BYU will be able to afford somebody that's a tier B-plus, A-minus type player that can come in and impact the team right away uh, just because of the Big 12 alone. So 17-15, and 6-12 <laughs> in the conference, if you're above 500. Are you including I- Kansas City or no? Get that to 31. That would be the number. Is it? Uh, we don't know how many games there will be. Is it? Oh, does it have to be 31 games? If you play an MTE, it's 31. Okay. So does the NCAA mandate that, by the way? I didn't realize that yeah. you, it's 30, it has it's to be 31, 31 regular, games. Well, it depends if you play an MTE. Yeah. If you okay. don't, then I think it's 30. Okay. Yeah. Well, regardless, case 17. BYU will play an MTE. 17 and 14, 6 and 12 in conference. That would mean you'd have to go, oh gosh, 11 and, and 2, two in non con. But maybe you just super lighten up the non con. Uh, build chemistry with your team, get those new guys in position, figure it out, and then and get into the Big 12. But I believe that the Marriott Center will have the magic next year. Every game's going to be huge. And I, I don't think that you know some BYU fans are giving that enough credit. It's going to be tough for some Big 12 teams to come in here, and BYU's going to sneak a few wins away because of the Marriott Center. They'll have to do what they didn't do this year, which is win those big games. Lost both by one. St. Mary's and Gonzaga, but traditionally BYU clips at least one of those guys uh, at home, and now you have an opportunity against uh, the majority of them. You're going to play nine Big 12 home games, and seven of those are going to be probably against teams that are in the top yeah. 40 or 50 
in net. There's quad ones and twos every game. Well, if you want to talk I, about a metric, let's start with three-point shooting, Jerem. It's going to be better for the team, and it has to be. Sure, I hope so. Trevor Nell will help that by himself. I, I say above 500 overall okay. is good. Okay. <laughs> just We're about to go into uh, the, the, just the toughest thing BYU's ever done in sports. So is, is your expectation? Is Big 12 men's hoops. Is it 500 and then exceeding? Is anything 500 above 500? 500 overall, and then on, like if BYU can get to six wins in league. Honestly, I'm keeping it super low. One, because we don't know what BYU has from a roster standpoint. Two, BYU's on a four-year slide down. Hopefully they can slide up. That can quickly – things can change quickly. Climb back Perhaps up. Perhaps BYU men's basketball does that. And then uh, three is, yeah, in the Big 12, we just don't know exactly what it's going to be like. The, the fewest amount of teams – one, uh, any of the 10 played this year against top 25 teams was 13 games. 13 games! This year, I believe BYU played seven of those, uh, five of which came in the WCC. So um, in non-con, I think BYU needs to go and do what they did. Listen, for as, as many issues as this year's team had, they went 10-3 and three in non-con, and they played a couple of challenging games, right? Utah and Creighton and Butler and, and Dayton and whatnot. Um, yeah, if you can go... Ten and three in non-con, and somehow get to six and twelve in 16 league. Sixteen and fifteen overall. Hey, I'd, I'd take it because men's basketball is not as ready as football is, and the league's harder. So those two things are difficult right now. Men's basketball at the base of Everest, as Mark Pope has said, they certainly understand the climb that is the challenge next. Mm. Our question of the day: You've heard our numbers, win-loss, broken down some specific metrics on the football and basketball side. How many wins would it take next season for BYU football or basketball to exceed expectations in year one of the Big 12? Jordan Royal from Twitter says, football is six wins plus a bowl win. Basketball would be a winning record in non-con and don't finish last in conference. Wow. Okay, so seven and six in non-con – yeah, then, no, you can control non-con. You, you can go 10-3. and three. I mean, what was yeah. Oklahoma's record in the Big 12 this year? Because I'm looking they, at... They I'm didn't looking, make the NIT. No, they didn't make the NIT. I'm looking at the conference standings. Okay, Big 12, Oklahoma. Oh, man. What were they? Were they... They were 5-13 they were okay, in and league. 5-13, there you go. They were the last place team in the Big 12. 5-13. and 5-13. Still got five wins. Next year, it, the, it's diluted a little bit. Because BYU, UCF, and Cincinnati come in. You know who, okay. who strengthens it? Houston. Uh, one seed still in the Sweet 16. Perhaps going to the Final Four in their, in their town. Oklahoma, with that 5-13 and 13 record, went 15-17 and 17 overall. Yeah, so exceeding expectations is just six wins and above six. 500 record. <laughs> Winning a third? Because think, you got like four or five quad one or two wins just out of the league, right? Okay, at Bobo underscore Sarah. Uh, Jeremy Jordan on BYU and talking about Snow Patrol. Literally made me spit out laughing. Just say yes. <laughs> Snow Patrol, my favorite band. Just say yes. Yeah, I saw them one time at Salt Air. <laughs> the great Salt Air. It was, it was awesome. Okay, uh, <laughs> thank you. Friday is BYU football's Pro Day. The final one in Provo because they're going to have the uh, League One uh, coming up next year in Dallas, which will be awesome. Join us Friday from 12 to 2 Eastern time. Jaron Hall, Puka Nakua, Blake Freeland, and others. Trying to impress the scouts. Uh, Two-hour dish from the indoor practice facility. Up next... Blaine Fowler explains palindromes. Also, (laughs) what are his expectations for year one of the Big 12? And what would it take to exceed those for football and basketball? He joins the combo. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by 
Bodyguards. Protection for a life worth living. We are live in Studio B. This is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with Jerem Jordan. Let's welcome in Uncle B, Blaine Fowler, to the conversation now, specifically with expectations and how to exceed them if you're BYU football or basketball in year one of the Big 12. Blaine, uh, yeah, let's go ahead and just start right there. You can put on your blue goggles for a little bit, but what would exceeding expectations look like for BYU football specifically in year one of Big 12 play? Well, I don't have any blue goggles. I mean, I can put on my reading glasses um, <laughs> so I can see things a little bit clearer. Oh. But, um, it's, hey, I'm getting old, you guys. I, I, can, I can see a deer on the side of a mountain from five miles away, but ask me to read something this close, I got a problem. <laughs> so, um, so, so to me, the goal, guys, is to just get bowl eligible in year one. Um, and so anything that is above six wins to me uh, on the season as a whole is, is above expectations. Um, now, having said that, I've gone through this schedule of front ways and sideways and slant ways and however other ways Willy Wonka says the Wonka Vader goes. But um, I can see them getting seven wins um, and, and maybe even eight. Now, now how, how do they do that? Well, I, I feel like they could get wins as, as, as we're looking at the schedule. Cincinnati, Iowa State, Texas Tech, right? Um, at Kansas, at West Virginia, I think are the most possible wins on the road. So there's five wins in conference. And then let's say you lose to Oklahoma, at Texas, at Oklahoma State, and at TCU. You, you play three really difficult teams on the road. So you go five and four in the league. Um, that means that in non-conference, you're going to beat Sam Houston, Southern Utah. Can you go get a win against Arkansas a team that I felt they should have beaten last year with a, a new defense and, a, and, and different schemes and a new quarterback? You get that win, all of a sudden you, you're eight and you're, you're eight wins and four losses. Say you you lose to Arkansas or you beat Arkansas and you lose to Texas Tech or Kansas on the road. You're you're still in that seven win realm. So I. I feel like six should be the standard. Just get bowl eligible first year in the league. But but I will not be surprised if they get to seven. To me, that would be overachieving. If they get to eight, to me, that's a phenomenal first year yeah. in the Big 12. If by chance they get to eight. And I think I think that's a, a pretty high standard for them to get to eight with the schedule that they're playing. With that said, would anything under 500, uh, well, I guess in the regular season, let's not include a bowl game. If you gets to a bowl game and loses six and seven, you still got to a bowl game. Would anything under 500 in the regular season, would that be below expectation? Is the expectation every year, no matter what, make a bowl game? To me, the minimum expectation that you have to go into every season with is that you get six wins and you get to a bowl. Um, and I don't care if you're in the Big 12 or the Pac-12 or what league you're in. That, that's the bar for BYU. Um, I, you know, they're, they're missing some pieces from last year, but I think they've added some pieces and, and I think they're doing some things that that should be the expectation. I, I don't think any of us should be okay with them being below 500, even, even in this new league. I think it's for basketball, it's a bigger jump because they've been playing in the WCC and they're moving to the best basketball conference in the country. 
although SEC might argue with that right now. But um, but in football, the, these this decade of independence where they've been playing P5 schools on a regular basis, especially the last couple of years, I think football's in a much better position to understand the grind of of how how to manage a P5 schedule. And, and I think a bare minimum should be six should be six wins as an expectation. Blaine Fowler is with us on BYU Sports Nation. Blaine, Jeremy and I were just discussing certain aspects of the style of play, schematics, statistics, and we kind of centered in on the defense because it was porous in, in a lot of areas last year. We pointed out takeaways, sacks, uh, points per play given up. What would exceeding expectations look like from just style of play and – uh, what you're going to see from BYU on the field, not just in the win-loss column. You know, I think I think in the Big 12 because the offenses are so good that um, it's about being disruptive. And you know, Spencer, you just brought up this idea that we didn't see a lot of um, interceptions and fumbles forced and those kinds of things. Defensive points, right? Because um, I think managing points in this league are going to be tough. I mean, there's th- these teams just go out and score points. And and I think BYU offensively, you know, I've been watching Keaton early on. Um, you know, Cade is actually spinning the ball pretty good too. Um, but you add the addition of Aiden Robbins at running back, you get a healthy Miles Davis back. Um, you, you know, some of the guys that came on at the end of the year, you start to trust. I think this is an offense that can score in that league. And, and it's a league that's built. So I think the offense can keep pace. So the difference maker is a defense that's disruptive enough to give your offense additional possessions because that's how you win games in this league. And I just watched the style of play through spring ball where they're much more aggressive with blitz packages. Uh, D linemen are, I'm not going to say it's just a true one gap assignment because they play through a player to that one gap, but they're going to allow them to be a little more uh, aggressive they're going to do things where they may give up a few big plays, but I think we're going to see more disruption in what they're doing. And I think that is a perfect timing for a fit for going to the new, in this new league where disruption, forcing turnovers, extra possessions for your offense, so your offense can score more is the way you win in this league. Let's talk men's hoops. Uh, we, we were hoping, you know, BYU kind of mails it in in non-conference. A couple of tough <laughs> games, obviously. But you need to gather some wins. And then in league... It's probably something like 6-12 and 12 would be uh, pretty good. Oklahoma, as we looked up during the uh, segment, was 5-13 and 13 in last place. Five wins would be pretty good. Granted, you bring in Houston a one seed, and Cincinnati, UCF, uh, certainly opportunities there. BYU certainly looks like an opportunity for most teams, but the hope is that the Cougars can quickly kind of get out of this four-year trend of uh, becoming less efficient as a team. What do you expect, and what would be above expectation? Well, I, I think the mark that you guys have set as six in conferences is is probably fair. Um, more importantly than wins and losses to me, I I would like to see them compete and and not finish in a fourteen team league in the last three. Mm. Okay, so so can they be ten, eleven uh, in in that league? And what that translates to in terms of wins, hard to know. Like like this year, that league is so is so ridiculous, right? That. Uh, um, it, it it would have been easy to be in the bottom. I, hey, frankly, I think St. Mary's would have been in the bottom two in the Big 12 this year. And they're very good. Really? Right? Yeah. Uh, I, I think Gonzaga, just because of experience and they've been there, 
would have competed in the top five or four in that league, and they're showing that in the tournament. But but St. Mary's on a day in day out basis in the grind in that league, I, I feel like they would have been in the in the bottom four of that league. That which is crazy that I'm even saying that because they're really good. So that that gives you a sense of how much respect I have for that league. And now you bring Houston into that league. You guys watching them in the tournament? Uh, they're yeah, awesome. For Pete's sake, it looks like a bunch of NBA guys playing in college. It's it's they're they're that skilled. So so to me, it's like not necessarily a win total. But it's uh, can you can you stay out of the bottom of that league in your very very first year? It's going to take a little bit to build. Hey, to do that, guys, if they're going to finish tenth or eleventh in that league, they need some pieces, and yeah. I I think they can go get those pieces. They I think they need to go get a couple of bigs, right? Um, that they're going to have to help out and give them depth to allow Foos to play at the four a little bit more. Um, I think they need another big wing that can shoot. I think they're getting some guys back. I think Trevenell is going to be a big competitor. Um, that's going to be able to knock down shots consistently. And I also think the three freshmen that got back from the missions last year, they will make a quantum leap. So so Dallin Hall and Richie Saunders, and then Toulston will will start to weigh in with his talent a- after being home. I think those three will make a giant leap, and people will go, oh, wow, these guys are better than we thought they were. So that'll be great, right? But, but there's some pieces still missing um, that they're going to have to go get in the transfer portal uh, that – um, that will make that difference and allow them to finish. If, if they finish 10th in that league next year, I'd be pumped. That would be good to me. Blaine Fowler, Uncle B, is on BYU Sports Nation, dual threat analyst for football and basketball. He's discussed both already. Pro Day happens on Friday, Blaine, and a number of BYU guys, well, all of them, frankly, are working to raise stock and raise some eyebrows and increase interest in their own individual football profiles. Who has the most to gain and lose by competing at Friday's Pro Day? This is an interesting thing. I was was thinking about this uh, just the other day. I think Jaron Hall, and that's crazy to say because he was in the NFL Combine, um, but remember, he hurt that ankle... Uh, in, in the senior bowl workouts and was having a really, really good week. Um, and and then he couldn't fully compete because that ankle was still sore. So he couldn't run and do some of those things. Um, but, but the reason I think a quarterback has a chance when um, you've got coaches and scouts that are right there face to face, that can put him through a workout and say, Hey, you know what? Now this just isn't the NFL combat. I want to see you make this throw. Cause this is the throw we make in our offense. I want to see you roll this way and make that throw. And Zach Wilson was already being talked about as a first-round draft pick, but I think his pro day at BYU put him in the he's the second pick story. Now, I don't. that's not going to be the case for Jerry. He's not going to be the second pick, but, but I feel like he could actually move up significantly with a great pro day, mm. um, probably more than anybody else if people see what they want to see. And conversely, if he doesn't, do well, then people may go, oh, you know, now that I have eyes on him, I'm, you know, like he's going to slide slide down a little bit. So maybe that seems like the obvious one to you guys, because everybody else I think is just jockeying to move up a little bit. Or I think he can make the biggest move up or down of anybody in in, in the BYU Pro Day setting, um, when, at, you know, as these guys are there with eyes on him getting to work him out individually. Blaine, great stuff. We appreciate the time as always. Blue goggles unite, or reading glasses unite, if you will. There we <laughs> Those go. Those aren't the do same. I look at, 
Do I look any smarter or just just as dumb as always? Yeah, I think you look smart. You look very astute, my friend. I'm going to wear them more, except for I can't step off a curb with these on because it seems like it's 10 feet up in the air. (laughs) Watch out, Ned Ryerson. Now go wave at Bambi five miles away on the mountain. Oh, I love the Ned Ryerson. dead. Ned Ryerson? Did you actually do a Ned Ryerson, like, yes. obscure, like, Watch am I right or am I right? Am I right? Am I right? Am I right? that first step. Right? It's a doozy. You never can have too much insurance. Am I right or am I right? <laughs> Blaine, thanks for the time. <laughs> Ned? Uh, Ned Ryerson? Can we get through a week without a Groundhog Day reference on yeah, this show? Yeah, we have quite a bit. Okay. Yeah. We have a lot of those. No. Maybe I'm just feeling that way because Steve Vale brought up a few of those during volleyball nice. as well. Nice. <laughs> you never come away the same. You're not the same person once you hang out with Steve <laughs> It's true. Uh, the 14-6 and six softball team with Hunter Ava, who's back from an injury, hitting dingers in back-to-back games, plays Boise State today for Eastern on the BYU TV app. Hey, if Cam Newton can do it, why not some former BYU Cougars? Which former BYU guy would you like to see work out at Pro Day on Friday to try and re-implement themselves into the league? This is BYU Sports Nation. Did he call himself the town? BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Uh, Jerem Jordan and Spencer Linton follow the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok. Let's whip it. Cougar Whip Round presented by Marist, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Cam Newton, never heard of him, announced he will participate in Auburn's Pro Day in an attempt to get back in the league. Which former BYU player should compete at Pro Day on Friday for another shot at the NFL? This one is... I struggled with this one because I'm trying to think, like, who could actually benefit the most from a good pro day. And we've seen him do it before, but the name I keep coming back to is a guy like Aleva Hifo. Uh, is there somebody better that could like benefit more than Aleva Hifo from a scenario like that? Jokingly, Zach Wilson. Um, <laughs> I wish Zach, and I said this at the time, <laughs> he didn't, he hasn't overcome Jets, right? And, and he needs to be able to play better as well, but I wish he'd mailed it in a little. Then he would have gone to the Niners and maybe his fortune's very different. Kind of Kua is bouncing oh, around the lake. Okay, Kai could be okay. interesting. Bronson Kafusi is another name. Here's the name. Here's the name. Jordan Leslie had a couple moments in preseason camps and whatnot. Like, I know he's training um, guys now. I don't know if he is in that shape, but like if he was, it's like, oh, could he stick somewhere? Like he was an interesting receiver. Knowing Jordan, he's probably still in phenomenal shape. It's been six years. So it's been a minute. And he's comparable to Cam Newton. He's a little younger than Cam Newton. Like Corbin Kafusi at lineman? Like Corbin physically? has officially retired from football? Until Friday when he <laughs> shows up in Pro Day. When he comes back. I like the Kai Nakua one, though, but yeah, yeah. May, maybe, does Kai need it, though? Because I, I feel like he's, he's got on enough teams. stock, yeah. right? Yeah. But I like Bronson Kafusi. I think that's, that, that's a fun option. Yeah, bring those guys back. Let's go. Uh, 24-7 Sports has released a list of the most intimidating atmospheres for a particular team to enter in the 2023 college football season. So which of the road venues on BYU's schedule would you consider the most intimidating for the Cougars this upcoming season? I know BYU's had success there, obviously, in 2014, but at Texas, just big-time college football. Just day, have right? Taysom run out the flag and zero intimidation Royal Stadium. <laughs> yeah, exactly. None of these guys on the team participated on those teams, right? So this will be a new experience. 
new for the staff. Um, only, what, Kelly Papinga was on the staff for that team. So yeah, this would be brand new. Yeah, it's, it's gonna be awesome. But I think BYU has played such a tough non-conference schedule in Independence that I don't know that BYU is intimidated by anything. I think they're used to going into some of the big, amazing, traditional venues with great teams and going in competing and sometimes winning that game at USC, at Texas, at Wisconsin, and so on. So yeah, I mean, when you go 100K, that's just oh, gonna man. be like a big time atmosphere, right? Donald W. Reynolds Razorback Stadium and the SEC are, I feel, going to be the most intimidating atmosphere that BYU walks into, and it probably plays into where that game falls in the schedule, too. BYU, after playing Sam Houston State and Southern Utah, now have to venture into SEC country and take on a stadium that's 90,000 plus, and the or sorry, 75,000 plus, but BYU is probably going to be 2-0, uh, but it's just a different beast. The SEC is just a different, it's like a religion It matters more, does it not? How, it, you know, grown men with pig noses going to be interesting. They also have to avenge Parley P. Pratt, just saying. Hey, BYU yeah. men's volleyball has been ranked eighth for six straight weeks. What do the Cougars have to do to climb in the polls? Beat Pepperdine. Pepperdine is number seven. If BYU can at least split and then maybe do so in convincing fashion. So let's say they beat Pepperdine in four and then they lose in five, then flip-flop those teams and BYU's number seven. You pick up another critical MPSF win. You sweep Pepperdine at home, which this team is certainly capable of. They can do it. It'll be a then, good matchup. Then, yeah, you're going to for sure jump in the rankings. BYU's always ain't no at home. Haven't lost. Certainly a huge test uh, coming up against Pepperdine. Toughest team that the BYU will have hosted. Yes, the top five are super solid. Penn State, UCLA, Hawaii, Grand Canyon, Long Beach State. I don't see those five kind of moving the rest of the season. Then it's Irvine and Pepperdine. BYU can get into the seventh spot. Didn't BYU like you said. split with Irvine? They did. Yeah, yeah. But Irvine, Irvine's overall resume better than BYU's at the moment. Just beat Pepperdine. Win both. Awesome. Win both. Let's, and then it's, you're, fight, you're fighting for the three seed, really, behind UCLA and Grand Canyon, who's had a tremendous year. Just one loss all year. Two Pepperdine, BYU by the way. had their moments against Grand Canyon, too. UCLA is kind of at another level. Yeah. BYU didn't have its starting setter, Heath Hughes, Great point. Way, in both Great of those uh, matches. What are the odds that both BYU softball and baseball actually get their games in today? with the crazy weather that's been around? I'd say it's pretty high. They moved them up to get them in. Um, I would think it's like 80% that they get both in. Yeah, I'd say yeah. even higher. I feel like the crazy weather is not supposed to hit until 4 or 5 p.m. And so, yeah, I go 85, 90%. Yeah. They need games. It won't be comfortable. 41 degrees, a little bit It will crazy. in the press box for you guys. It's very true. Uh, Kevin Harlan's called the Furman final seconds over Virginia is the latest in a trend of putting a camera on the broadcasters while they make a call. Would you like to have a camera on you during the call to replay later on social media? I don't know how I feel about this. It's a, it's a little weird. Like, it's fun, <laughs> but then, like, oh, gosh, like, what? Because you're so lost in the moment sometimes. Like, what What do I look like? I, I look like a weirdo. Uh, yeah. My resting broadcast face is very odd. <laughs> I So I go back, because I'm calling softball today, I was thinking about that this morning. Last year's BYU-Utah softball game. When, I would love to see what you, with your arms flailing. Yes, and when, the, when the Cougars went rah! down, they gave up a grand slam. Utah's up two runs going in the bottom of the seventh, and then Hunter Ava and Martha Epinesa walk it off in dramatic fashion, that rivalry game. I probably was losing my mind. So I was like, I wonder what I looked like that moment. Probably an idiot, but it's okay. 
we look like idiots every day on this very program. So I don't see the difference, but uh, yeah, that could be fun. I mainly want to see. Do you have a moment? Like maybe for men's volleyball when they erase that crazy deficit to UCLA? 2013 MPSF semifinals, yes. That is <laughs> the greatest match I have called in my life. It was awesome. Man. What they, were they down 7-2 to two or they something? They were down 0-2, and then in the third set, it was like, yeah, it was like 11-2. to two Oh, 11-2? No, two. it was nuts. Oh, it was, gosh. It might have been less than that, but it sounds better if I say 11-2. <laughs> if you dig the long ball, and I know you do, watch Austin Deming and the BYU baseball team. He leads the WCC in homers, by the way, seven on the year. They host UVU tonight, five Eastern on the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Up next, our top five BYU NCAA tournament runs. We'll reveal them next. You know Juddy's teams are going to have a say in this. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Welcome back to BYU Sports Station. We are live in Studio B. It is Top 5 Tuesday, and we focus in on the Top 5 NCAA Tournament Runs by BYU Basketball Teams. Okay, number 5, 2010 men. Second round run. Cougars a 10 seed. Took down Florida and Oklahoma City, winning 99-92. Double overtime, 37 points from Jim Career High, 26 from Michael Lloyd Jr. That's one of the greatest bench performances yes. ever. Cougars lost 84-72 to two-seed Kansas State two days later, but it did put Jimmer on the map a little bit more. He did have 49 at Arizona that year, but this kind of put him in the limelight preseason first-team All-American going into a senior season. Number four, women's basketball in 2002, early in Jeff Judkins' coaching career. Sweet 16 run, first-round game as an 11-seed against the six-seed Florida. Won by 38, 90-52. Aaron Thorne had 28. Mm. The second round, BYU upset the three-seed Iowa State, 75-69. They erased a 13-point deficit in that game. And then the Sweet 16 eventually losing to two-seed Tennessee, 68-57. Number three, women's hoops 2014 to the Sweet 16. BYU a 12-seed, took down five-seed NC State by 15. Four-seed Nebraska by four, then faced top-seeded UConn. I said I'd shave my head if BYU won this game. That's the original shaved head declaration. It's tied at halftime. I was a little nervous, I'll be honest. <laughs> the Cougars played the Huskies tough in the first half, but lost by 19. Morgan Bailey had 15 and 10 in that game. That was a heck of a run. Jennifer Hampson, by the way, in 2014, Sweet 16 women's hoops here, and then that fall with women's volleyball to the national title game as an unseeded team. Amazing. Incredible season for Jennifer Hampson. Number two, men's basketball 2011 to just their second Sweet 16 ever. 30-4 and four in the regular season. They earned a three-seed, beat Wofford, the 14th seed. In that opening game, Jimmer Fredette scored 32, had seven assists. In the second round, utter domination of the 11-seed Gonzaga right before BYU joined the West Coast Conference. 22-point win. Jimmer had 34, seven threes. Noah Hartsock, I've forgotten this game. 13 points, three of three from the three-point line. Then in the Sweet 16, Against the two-seed Florida, BYU loses in extra sessions. Jimmer had 32, held to just three for 15 from the three-point line, but my But goodness. that one gets played every Oh yeah, every Dude. March. Jimmer with the eye of the tiger. <laughs> Hashtag what if Brandon Davies played? And Jimmer's face right there is like, we, we want Brother Spencer Linton to come bear his testimony <laughs> from the pulpit without you knowing like, what? And the greatest March Madness run by a BYU team ever is 1981, 
Danny Ainge and the Kooks all the way to the Elite Eight. Sixth seed, by the way, third in the whack. You don't have to win the league to be great, right? Multiple NBA players, Danny Ainge, Greg Kite, Fred Roberts, and others speed 11 seed Princeton by nine. Three seed UCLA by 23. Mm -hmm. Then the amazing, iconic Notre Dame win, 51-50, thanks to Danny's length of the court layup. Then they lost to Ralph Sampson in top seed Virginia, 74-60. This is the best BYU team of all time. Incredible. Top five Tuesday. Those are good times. Great runs. Here's to the next time BYU is even in the NCAA tournament. Now, women's hoops did it as an 11 and 12 seed. Men's hoops did it as a three and a six. Yep. And had to have the national player of the year to do it. <laughs> I fear that the standard is too high for BYU to get to a sweet 16 to require the national player of the year. One day, BYU can pull off <laughs> an FAU or a Princeton <laughs> without the national player of the year, right? Yeah, right! I was joking with my wife. Listen, all you got to do is wait 30 years and have the national player of the year. And you're going That's back to the That's all it takes, That's luckily. all it takes. Very simple formula. For Brigham formula. Young. Very simple formula. <sighs> 30 years, those national were great. player of the year. I just think BYU's had a lot of talent and not enough of those, right, uh, runs. But we certainly hope in the Big 12 those start to happen a little more regularly. You get more talented. You get uh, weathered more in conference play where you play in those first two sure. rounds. You're like... Oh, this is like a Wednesday night in the Big 12. Listen, BYU in 1988, that team that climbed all the way to number, I think it was number two in the country, or number three. Two and one pole, pole, three in yeah. the AP. Mm -hmm. You're Michael Smith, Jeff Chapman, Marty Hawes, like, Jer uh, what's, not Jared Jensen. Um, ah, regardless. They were awesome. They were in, Andy Toulson was on yes, that team. That team should have been a Sweet 16. Yes. They were that good. Oh, they were, they were so yeah. good. That team had the talent without the National Player of the Year to get to a Sweet 16, but they underperformed in the tournament. There are a lot of teams that don't have an All-American that make the Sweet 16, okay? <laughs> Shout out to Princeton. <laughs> 15 seed. BYU can't do that? Come on now. Unbelievable. Join no us for a full day of BYU football on March 31st. All these guys are on scholarship. We're getting at noon Eastern time, two-hour BYU Sports Nation Alumni Day special. Then the spring scrimmage is at 5 Eastern and alumni game at 7 Eastern. We're live from Lavelle Edwards Stadium for four straight hours, homies. All on BYU TV and the BYU TV app. And that night, there's a volleyball match as well, by the way. Up next, rise and shout out to a great ambassador for BYU as a current athlete, no less. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. This program is on demand. You can download the free BYU TV and BYU Radio apps, which you're going to need to watch softball and baseball today, of course, and uh, subscribe, rate, and review the podcast version of the show. It's all free. It's all free. Free 93. I think all we want is an email for the uh, apps. So there you go. Our question of the day. How many wins would it take next season for BYU football or basketball or both, if you want to answer both, to exceed expectations in year one of the Big 12. Blaine Swallow on Instagram says, I'd say eight wins in football, 18 wins in basketball will mm. be beyond my expectations for year one, although I usually aim higher as the season gets closer. We all kind of do that, right? It's like, hey, maybe... Go through fall camp. Oh, this player looked amazing. Maybe that's worth one more. Means there'll be an all one player, one win. It's really high. <laughs> Quarterback. Unless that name's Keaton Slovis. Yeah. Yep. Caleb Hatch on Instagram. The dream would be a perfect 12 and L. Okay, Caleb. Thanks, man. Uh, however, playing at least eight games would exceed expectations. 
Thank you. Back down to earth here. For basketball, being 500 in conference would exceed expectation. You just never know. Ah, we kind of know. Uh, going into next year, you know. Um, My mind just exploded at the thought of 12-0. and 0. I'm, I am numb. <laughs> B- T- suddenly BYU's TCU from last year? Is that, is that what we're saying? That, that would be unbelievable. Listen, maybe BYU surprised us, but how, how many times has BYU surprised us in that way? Um, 96. Uh, 83 was uh, – 84 was a surprise. Um, 96 yeah. was a surprise. 01 was a surprise. Um, 06, we kind of saw coming. That team was on the verge. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the best teams in BYU history. 08 started 6-0. and Was that a surprise or no? Was that No, because you're coming off 11-2, 11-2. Hall, Colley, Pitta, Albeck, yeah. Unga. No, no, no. We ex- yeah, we, that one was expected. 08? Quest for perfection. The expectation was perfection. Um, yeah. Let's, let's, 12 and 0 would be nice. That'd be great. Massive blue goggles. Like the biggest ever. How, unexpected? 2020 was unexpected. How about that? In um, a number of the ways. The whole year? Yes. 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 Uh, in a number of ways. Didn't expect a pandemic. Our elite voice of the day, presented by PAX, Healthcare Elevated. Ben Peterson says, if either team has a winning record, <laughs> that would exceed my expectations. Wow, either team. It's true. They're about to make a difficult transition, and yep. I will not be surprised if it takes some time for adjustment. Let's allow that. Let's allow that. Yet, have a high expectation, for sure. It's BYU. We expect to win. Just a winning record. Just a winning we just record. don't know how tough it's going to be to raise that bar, right? Today's Rise and Shoutout presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Can we give it to Cody Epps, who was recently featured on a podcast? And he just he's just a great ambassador for BYU yes. football. And not just, like, it's one thing to do it as a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, which he is not, okay? And he's an African-American athlete. Like, Cody yeah. Epps, there's a place for everyone. I love what he said and how he portrays himself. Laced Up Podcast. Laced Up Podcast, yes, thank you. Our thanks to today's guest, Blaine Fowler. Sorry to Dennis Pitt, ran out of time. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Shout out to Jim Yusevich. The BYU Devotional is next, featuring Elder Jeffrey R. Holland of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles. Stay tuned and go Cougs.